Hyvä Gwen! Welcome to Just a Hooback Winning Moment! Thank you, thank you. Hello, my name is Drew Backwen. And as the minute waltz fades away, once more it is my very great pleasure to welcome our listeners, not only in this country, but around the world. And to welcome to the program four compelling, exciting, charismatic, not at all corpsing players of the game who will try to show their skill with language and knowledge of Doctor Who as they speak for a minute on the subject that I give them without hesitation, repetition, or deviation. And they are seated on my right, Nikulele and Mirimu, and seated on my left, Ponkin and Abby. Will you please welcome all four of them? I will be keeping the score this week and blowing the whistle when the 60 seconds have elapsed. And this week we're coming to you once again from the beautiful Ponk Plaza Theatre in East Oxford. And Leon, I'd like you to take the first subject this week. The Sonic. Would you please tell me something about that subject? Starting now. A scientific magic wand, the sonic screwdriver, is a deus ex machina device wielded by the Doctor for over 50 years. Whenever the Doctor encounters a lock that he or she cannot unpick, a door that refuses to open when damn blasters. <laughs> Nick, you lady, you've challenged? Well, hesitation. Absolutely, you get a point, the first point of the contest. Nick's first point in just a Hooback wedding moment. And Nick Ulele, you have 40 seconds remaining. Tell us something about the Sonic starting now. The Sonic screwdriver, which actually hitherto has only ever screwed a couple of screws within the pantheon of Doctor Who, uh, seems to be able to have been used for a myriad of... of... Fuck. <laughs> Abby, you've challenged. Yeah, enjoy that slow death. <laughs> challenge for profanitation? No. <laughs> it was hesitation. It was hesitation. Well done. Abby, making her just a Hooback winning minute debut, you have 27 seconds to talk about your expansive knowledge of the Sonic, starting now. Well, this merchandising opportunity seems to be <laughs> the most frequently used means of escaping trouble. Sorry. <laughs> Punk a new challenge. Uh, hesitation. Yes. Yes, the Sonic seems to be causing all sorts of hesitation. <laughs> right, let's see if we can get Mirimu involved and we'll have the full set in the first round. <laughs> but Leon, the subject is back with you once again. The Sonic, 16 seconds, starting now. Every Doctor has not had access to the Sonic, starting with the second Patrick Troughton's Doctor, that is. The Sonic screwdriver has been a recurring phenomenon. This tool, most often employed just as the episode reaches its <laughs> Leon, somehow you were still speaking as the whistle went, staggering over the line, gained that extra point, and you've taken the lead at the end of that round, ahead of Abigail and Nikulele and Miriam trailing a little in fourth place. I mean, it's, it's worth saying here, Drew, uh, there are five players. So you're actually also in last place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, but through no fault of yes. my own. <laughs> 
give him a bonus point for that astute observation. <laughs> and so you don't make any more. <laughs> so now, Nick, you're jointly in the lead, and I'd like you to start the next round. Could you spend a minute telling us about the Doctor's most relatable foe, starting now? Easily the Doctor's most relatable foe, the Daleks. Uh, that is because, like Thanos and Genghis Khan before them, the idea of wiping out quite a lot of the universe is clearly to the benefit of its inhabitants. It will not only make sure that all the resources are more evenly spread, but it will also rid the universe of just a number of absolute dickheads. So the Daleks are the most relatable foe for obvious reasons. <laughs> Ponkin, you've challenged. Well, I was at first tempted to challenge on the basis of morality. <laughs> Moral deviations? <laughs> uh, but there was a repetition of Daleks in that. Yes, I'm afraid there was. To Nick and give it back to you, Leon. <laughs> You've once again taken the lead. You have 29 seconds remaining to talk on the subject of the most relatable foe, starting now. In my opinion, the most relatable foe the Doctor has ever encountered was the Master, or indeed Missy, uh, when the 12th Doctor encountered the... <laughs> <laughs> Miriam, you've challenged! Hesitation. <laughs> yes, we call that hesitation because it was... <laughs> I was going to gloss over your many flaws, but yes. So Miriam, the subject has fallen to you. 17 seconds to talk about who you think is the most relatable foe. Starting now. Okay, in my opinion, the most relatable foe within Doctor Who for me is adipose. Because adipose are small, cute, and round, and they go around the world trying to take over. That's why they are... Excellent. Nick just thwarted by the blowing of the whistle there. Miriam gains that extra point. Miriam relates to small, round and cute things. Who would have thought it? <laughs> so, Miriam, you're joint second at the end of that round with Nick trailing Leon by one point and ahead of Abby in fourth place by one point. And ahead of me by two points. <laughs> I am in last, rooted to the bottom of the co-host table. So, Drew Backwen, for your topic, could you please pontificate on where Russell T. Davis is now? Russell T. Davis is surely basking in the glory of having produced a very English scandal this year, starring Ben Whishaw and Hugh Grant, erstwhile co-stars of Paddington. But in this particular drama, they had a more intimate relationship by a long way. And so I imagine that RTD is clearing his award shelf to make room for the inevitable bounty of prizes that will be coming his way in the first half of 2019, as he is showered and lauded by all sorts of august organisations who are just so full of admiration for his amazing work the previous year and they indeed themselves will be asking him RTD what is going to be your next move what joy will spring forth from the end of your prolific pen and RTD will turn round to them and pontificate in his own way about his upcoming projects and they will be so liberally bestowed upon us in the forthcoming 12 months that we will say, where isn't RTD now? Fantastic. And Drew's first point on the 
board, but I think he also possibly deserves a bonus point for the first complete domination mm-hmm. of that, that meal. <laughs> Abigail, if you would be so kind as to, to let us know all of your thoughts on the next topic, which is times in which Matt Smith has proven himself an utter dick. And your time starts now. Well, let me first say that this is all conjecture and not meant to be libellous in any way. Um, basically, hesitation. <laughs> hesitation it is correct. I kept there was there was a there was, there was a big no, urn. no, there was certainly a very audible and and consistent urn. Yeah, play the recording back, Leon. <laughs> not just Matt Smith can be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Drew back when, please take over. I've just accidentally buzzed myself because that's what Matt Smith would do were he here because he has proven himself to be a dick on numerous occasions when Claire Foy was paid less than him for taking a much meatier role with more screen time in The Crown. Matt Smith's si- uh, reaction. <laughs> now, I feel like that was our, was our lovely Abigail and your challenges. Hesitation. Hesitation is correct. <laughs> Absolutely. So, oh yeah, we're 33 seconds on the clock. If you could pick up where you left off. <laughs> His silence on that subject was deafening. And I feel that that was a big indication of, you know, fuck's sake. <laughs> she saw what I was going to say next. <laughs> is that your challenge? No, my challenge is actually hesitation. <laughs> Repetition of an alternate timeline where I managed to keep talking. <laughs> And the challenges and, and the actual challenge within this universe. Now, if you could pick up perhaps where you both left off. Okay. Matt Smith was also a dick in the episode The Lodger because fatty old James Corden, he was busy playing football with his mates down the park and Matt Smith, a noted fan of that sport who was once destined for great things before he uh, sustained an unfortunate leg injury, decided to swoop in and show off his prowess and poor sidekick of the week And Drew takes it That's a con- That was a contentious battle between two, two spouses uh, <laughs> that hopefully we can just only seek to replicate. (laughs) (laughs) And the chairmanship passes to Miriam, now the chairwomanship. How do you feel about a woman chairman podcast, Len? (laughs) It's not my show anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Pitch shifter, so she has balls. So the topic that I chose is historicals, and I would like Abby to my right to start it off, please. In three, two, one, go. Well, I've seen two, no, three historical episodes, so my knowledge on the subject is vast. Um, I enjoyed the Vincent van Gogh episode. I thought that the ending was beautiful. It was an interesting subject. It was a bit... It was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, three, three goes of it was, I'm afraid. Yes. Right, so now to Drew. And go. I think that Leon is the best person to talk about historicals. <laughs> and he still might yet get the chance, but for now, fuck him. <laughs> 
And with 34 seconds to go, to Nick. Historicals are an incredibly important format within the Whovian universe as their corollary in being space and time ones. Now, historicals have been fantastic for being both educative and entertainment. They're edutainment, if you will. Uh, some fantastic episodes have been The Gunslingers and The... Hesitation. Challenge. No, no, I'm challenging for deviation because wasn't it called The Gunfighters? <laughs> it was. It was. Yes! <laughs> I hope another VP. Oh, well done. Another challenge by Drew. You have five seconds to go. The reason why I know that it's called the gunfighters is because in that episode, the doctor loses his tooth after he has it ripped out of his head by. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Leon won't shut up about it. <laughs> so, who got the points? Drew got two, Drew, two. and Nick got one. Correct? Yeah, and Leon, I think I got a minus point. (laughs) The next topic on today's game of just a moment will be the doctor's greatest mistake. And I would like Leon to start us off, please. In three, two, one, go. Donna Noble was a companion of the doctor's for far too long. Utter deviation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, diggles, diggles. Miriam, would you care to adjudicate on that challenge? I don't know if it was a deviation because it was starting off saying something by taking it from far back. It was introducing a topic. I I say that he. I think that's a disagreement with you, Drew. I think he deviated because what he said was patently untrue. (laughs) But but what do you think? That's just one fezzed man's opinion. I think the opinion is is there's a bias. Okay, so, so who does who does the subject go to? I think it stays with Leon. Yeah, I think it stays with Leon. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> also, you get minus a point. No, no, no. <laughs> Drew is wasting pub time. <laughs> uh, Fifty-four seconds to go. In three, two, one, go. As I was trying to convey to the audience, Donna Noble. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I will accept that. Too many times. Oh, in that case. <laughs> and Drew. Over to you in 48 seconds. Three, two, one, go. I think the Doctor's greatest mistake was not finding a way to keep Derek Jacobi as the master. The Doctor has... Oh, sh... It's Uh, challenging? Well, I think we're both challenging. Leon was first. There was a bit of hesitation there, but also deviation because it wasn't up to the Doctor. Yes. That's what I was going for. What I was going to say was that he's got all sorts of technology at his command and he could have gone back in time, made it happen, but I repeated <laughs> the doctor, so someone take the subject. Well, um, so we've established that Drew is a deviant, yes? Yes. <laughs> and also he lost this round. <laughs> for now. For now, for now. Leon, 39 seconds to go. Three, two, one, go. The doctor most definitely ought to have left Donna Noble on Earth. Challenge by Drew. Repetition of Donna Noble? Repetition of the Doctor. Oh, but it's the Doctor's biggest mistake. Oh, that doesn't matter. matter. Oh, you're not allowed to say the subject, but I'm not sure about Donna Noble. You said Donna Noble three times. Yeah. This whole situation is egregious. Yeah. Okay, no, I think you're right. I think you're... Just just leave Donna Noble alone. She also ruined that season of The Office. Happy! Yeah, so oh, okay. so I think right, I think you're right. I, it's repetition because I said Donna Noble before as well. You said so that's twice before. sure. But uh, yes, we all get it, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we all know you're wrong, but how are you? Wrong? <laughs> Whose turn is it? It's Drew. Drew's it's turn. Drew's turn. Okay. Thirty-three what's the, seconds. What's the subject again? The doctor's biggest mistake. 
The Doctor's biggest mistake is undoubtedly not inviting all three or four of us to join him in the TARDIS and make a new team of that aforesaid contraption. I can say deviation because that was not at all possible. Never on the table. He could never not make that mistake. <laughs> You're saying the Doctor isn't real? I'm saying we might not be. <laughs> oh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a mind fuck. <laughs> Miriam, care to adjudicate that one? Accepted. Have <laughs> <laughs> I got 21 seconds to go? 22 seconds to go. <laughs> That's all I want from this game. <laughs> and go. The do- I'd like to give Nick 21 seconds to go. <laughs> I, I missed it! It's 20! <laughs> well, if that's not an incorrect interruption, I don't know what it is. We're just going to move on. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I still my point, though, Miriam. Uh, Go. <laughs> the Doctor's biggest mistake was stealing the TARDIS in the first place. In fact, what he could have done is have a much better set of adventures if he stuck with his people and sat and contributed to the society which birthed him. Slight <laughs> hesitation there towards the end. But, but yeah, okay, I'm going to stick with that. Also, mild deviation, because I absolutely don't think he would have had a better adventure or more adventurous life had he stayed on Gallifrey. Mm, is that deviating from, from the premise, though? Oh, no, that is, that is a fair point, but I will, I'll say hesitation with a subclause of you're wrong. <laughs> I heard the hesitation as well, so accepted on the basis of hesitation. Eight seconds to go for Leo. And Eight go. Seconds. Leaving his granddaughter stranded in post-apocalyptic London with nothing but a potato farmer for company was surely... <laughs> oh, on the technicality. Could you give us an update on the point situation, please? So Drew is on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Nix is on four. Abby and I are on two. And Leon is on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven as well. So What? Surely I'm losing. No, but you you've challenged many times. Do you lose points for incorrect challenges? Yeah, I think so. No. Oh. oh you don't? The person who is challenged incorrectly gains points. Gets a point. A point. Ah. <laughs> the rotating chairwomanship has passed to Abby. <laughs> Just what people wanted, another woman following up in the role afterwards. As if... Y'all all be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> As if the current status quo had just been smashed forever. <laughs> Stop trying to piece that glass ceiling back together, guys. It's not going to work. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> this round, I would like Drew to talk about Operation Pandorica. You have one minute, starting now. Operation Pandorica is a fan-made audio drama that Leon and I concocted over several meetings in the pub. I'm going to deviate slightly because I don't think either of you fit the, fit the description of fans anymore. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Would we have spent four months of our lives doing this were we not fans on some level? I would say five years, and I think your, your, your relationship with the Doctor is, has morphed beyond fandom. I would agree. <laughs> what are we then? I'm struggling to self-identify at this point. <laughs> That's what you are. You're an amorphous, like, hoovy and blob. Oh. <laughs> That's a dream. So, <laughs> living it, baby. All right, Nick, you have 52 seconds starting now. 
Operation Pandorica is the greatest love story of our time. In fact, it is better than all previous love stories combined. Titanic, the epic of Gilgamesh. Uh, <laughs> Did you just challenge me? Did you just challenge me? You're not allowed to challenge me. I'll never let go, Jackass. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Gilgamesh, not a love story. I just... Uh, it's also, implicit. It's also, who likes that? <laughs> what was your challenge, Abby? <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> Repetition. Oh, sorry. Hesitation. Yeah, but who, who gets it? You can't carry on with the subject. Miriam also challenged. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. 44 seconds starting now. <laughs> Operation Pandorica. Operation. <laughs> oh, no. You can't distract fellow contestants. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to. I mean, Operation. Uh, uh, Operation. <laughs> Operation. Operation Pandorico. <laughs> it wasn't actually repetition. It was two Why different pronunciations. That's what it's called in Spanish. <laughs> Operation. Why is she repeating the Pandora? <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to go for repetition. <laughs> yes. 41 seconds, starting now. As an auditory experience, it surpassed all... Fuck. Ah, it's, the, it's, the, it's this. I don't like this. You're first, you're first. More profanities from Nick. Please take the subject off him. <laughs> for, for delicate podcast lands earballs. Do you have an actual challenge? <laughs> Hesitation! Hesitation. He, he yes. paused while he tried to think of the next profanity to come out with. Yes. Drew, 34 seconds, starting now. We are of the opinion that Operation Pandorica was indeed the finest piece of storytelling ever attempted by humankind, and Podcastland largely backed that up, although not with unanimous approval. Did you say largely? Deviation from fact. <laughs> I'm going to say you deviated with the word largely. Hey, hey they also largely backed it up. <laughs> they were the adipose they were listening. <laughs> we don't know their body mass index. Would you, would you mind passing judgment on this how we get? What was your challenge? Sorry. The challenge is deviation by using the word largely. I didn't hear An that. An adverb that has hitherto never been used. I was concentrating on the fact that it was not largely backed up by the fans. But... So one way or another, it's deviation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. I'll take that point. I fine. did not expect this to be the controversial round. Um, Am I on 21 seconds yet? 22. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> you really want those 21 seconds? Yeah. All right, Nick. 22 seconds. Oh, so close. Starting now. 21 seconds to go, yeah? Yes! Come on! <laughs> yes, I can leave now. We've got 21 seconds to go. No, okay, I'm going to play you all this song sure. later, and it's going to blow your fucking minds. <laughs> 21 seconds. Go. As a four-part audiobook, it was a phenomenon that just got better and better with each quad... Better and better... That's no, so that's a classic. Oh, Just a yeah, moment that's mistake. Fair. That's fair. I know, <laughs> I know this program has only existed in one iteration before, but it feels like people have done that over the years somehow. Thirteen seconds. 
I would like to congratulate my co-writer on making it such a marvellously enjoyable co-writing process as we came up with... I know that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're deviating. (laughs) I know it was arduous. Where's that point going, Abs? To Nick. (laughs) She had a first row. She had a front row seat. (laughs) Insider info. Four seconds. Each of the characters, particularly Braceface. Oh. It's a name. It's a name. Is it Braceface? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he got to the whistle anyway. Mm. <laughs> Nick was speaking as the whistle went. Gained that extra point. All right. Well done. Yeah. Bravo. Okay, now I'm. This is, that was my entire like. This was the Everest I needed to climb. <laughs> Abby, what are the scores as the game passes to its final chairman? Leon is on seven. I have two. Awesome. <laughs> I've done such a great job, you guys. Um, Miriam has three. Nick has eight. Drew has. <laughs> Present. Nine. Nine. Nice. All right, Leon, if you oh. would like to begin on the subject of brilliant. Brilliant? Yes. Starting now. Brilliant was so frequently used by Christopher Eccleston's Ninth Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, you've challenged. I have the hesitation. Hmm. You have 50 seconds. (laughs) Good luck. That little in 10 seconds? Starting now. Brilliant as a quality has not been codified by the writers and or the Doctor themselves. So one of the issues with the concept of brilliance is that it's very ill-defined no one has ever said what act or property defined that is constituting defined repetition no i said codified never be oh, okay. Chairwoman, what, what did you hear leon has charged yes. repetition of de- charge challenged repetition of defined is that correct i believe so there we go. I, uh, I may have misheard. I may have misheard. Not I mean, according I, to the What I'm hoping for is the podcast land is just going to inundate you with just horrible, horrible email. Oh, they already do, so thanks. <laughs> you know what happened? You said defined once, and then you went halfway to saying defined again, hesitate and said something else. So either way, I think you're guilty. Leon, it's back to Hello. you. 32 seconds, starting now. Disagreeing with Nick, I think brilliant perfectly sums up Doctor Who as a show. Since 1963, it has been brilliant. Allowed to say it, subject. Didn't we agree? No. Fuck. Brilliant. Did we? Brilliant is the... That's the subject. subject. Yes. One can repeat the subject. Yes. Yeah, not ad infinitum, but yeah. Yeah. Fine. Incorrect challenge. 19 seconds, starting now. Brilliant. <laughs> Drusif. That is not 19 seconds worth of material. <laughs> Brilliant and chuckling. Deviation. Hesitation. He's, he stopped talking. Yeah. Yes, hesitation. All right. 14 seconds. Starting now. I think that Christopher Eccleston was a brilliant choice of the aforementioned RTD to resurrect Doctor Who in 2005 after its 16-year hiatus because he bounded onto our screens with a surfeit of energy and beside him was his long-suffering companion. This whole game is weighted towards you. 
<laughs> what? The ability to talk nonsense. Essentially, yeah, you can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and now we have a new a new chair. Oh, oh yeah, we do. The which final means, chair. It sounds like now that that must mean that all of your points are your final points. Yeah, I've lost. <laughs> uh, hi. <laughs> Okay, and the next round in which one of our contestants is going to have to talk about a subject that I will give them for one minute, the round goes to Mirimu, who will speak to us for one minute on the subject of Classic Who versus New Who, starting now. I first got acquainted with Doctor Who when I started watching new episodes. I went early. I went early. There's a hesitation. Premature hesitation (laughs) challenging from Nick there. Returns to Miriam with 52 seconds to go on the topic of Classic Who versus New Who, starting now. Eccleston was the first actor that I saw on the show. But then as soon as I moved to this household, I became... I I got to know the... (laughs) Once again, a challenge by Nick. Uh, The hesitation. I will rule in favour of Nick in this case. Yes, agreed. Hesitation. There was slight hesitation on your part there, Miriam. That's a rookie mistake. (laughs) (laughs) You are. (laughs) Always harder than this is, son. (laughs) Nick, if you will, 41 seconds on the subject of Classic Who versus New Who starting now. Now, I don't don't think that there is actually a distinction between Classic New and... Not only did Drew challenge Nick, but Nick has challenged himself. Uh, I'll ignore that latter one for now. Uh, Drew. A slight hesitation. I think I agree with you, Drew. Yes, there was a slight pause there on your part, Nick. No matter, no matter. Happens to the best of us. Drew, you have 35 seconds to go, starting now. Well, you see, it's a difficult topic, because Classic Hugh has got space pirates, but New Who has Hugh Bonneville as a pirate, with indeed his son in tow, although he doesn't know it because he's hiding in the magazine. It's a challenge there by Nick. So Deviation, New Who has space pirates. All pirates are in some sort of space. Not the challenge I thought you were going to bring. <laughs> I said that's why it's a difficult topic. I didn't say one is categorically better than the other. No, you, said, you said it because Classic Who has Space Pirates. I think you're committing a Terranationism here, Nick. Uh, I'm going to say everyone is in space. I believe we've had this conversation on Who Back When before. And I was right then. <laughs> I'm so sorry I missed that. <laughs> Uh, Drew, the subject is still with you with 24 seconds to go. Classic Who versus New Who starting now. Let's count them up by number of Who Back When episodes I've appeared in. I have only been party to one of the classic variety, but of the new additions, I have been in a magnificent 65 in a row. And so I don't care how biased it sounds, I'm going to pronounce here forever that New Whos are far superior to the other kind. And thus... With one second to go, Nick has challenged... It's a wicked game. (laughs) Nick, please, please justify your one second challenge. I think that Drew has deviated from the subject. And rather than talking about whether New Who versus Classic Who, he's thought about whether himself (laughs) versus the things that he hasn't been in. I just shifted the parameters slightly. It's not a you category the, error. You shifted the premise. Yeah. 
Drew, I'm very sorry to have no. to say this. With one second to go. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Drew. I shall bear this in mind for later rounds and perhaps the point will come back to you. Don't you worry. Nick, with one second to go, Classic Who versus New Who, starting now. Classic Who? <laughs> yeah. Barely speaking as the whistle blew, was Nick. Sorry. We're still friends, we're still friends. <laughs> Nick now in the lead. <laughs> with 13 points, Drew just behind with 12 points. And Miriam and Abby trailing in that order. <laughs> Very excited. Not going to talk about my own. And so we move into the final round. Oh. But don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. A lot's going to happen in just one round here in just a moment, as history has showed us. This final subject... Oh, this is a good one. Miriam, if you please talk to us for one minute on the subject of Stephen Moffat, starting now. Stephen Moffat is a writer for the Doctor Who series, especially for the New Who series. Oh, oh there's a challenge series? there. Repetition of series. <gasps> That's right. I did not pick up on that myself. Well observed, Drew. I'm very sorry, Miriam. And that's all from me. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You've been great. That's <laughs> way too harsh. You're doing so well. <laughs> With 52 seconds to go on the subject of Stephen Moffat, Drew, if you please, starting now. Stephen Moffat is a Scottish writer. He was showrunner of Doctor Who from 2010 until 2017. His last episode in command was Twice Upon a Time, starring Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor and someone else playing William Hartnell as the 1st Doctor. Good old Stephen Moffat thought that he could bring Doctor Who full circle. Challenge from Nick there. Yeah. A doctor. Yes, there was. Drew, I'm sorry, I can't have your back this time. I thought you were going to give me the benefit <laughs> of the doubt in a future round. Well, there was absolutely no doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, you get a point for a correct challenge. And with 33 seconds to go on the topic of Stephen Moffat, please start now. One of the more. Deviation, it wasn't 21 seconds to go. <laughs> points there. <laughs> <laughs> Drum, sorry, <laughs> that is an incorrect challenge, but it was a little on the chuckly side. <laughs> I shall give you both a point for that one, thus still keeping the playing field level. Bonus points as well. <laughs> Nick, you have 31 seconds to go on Stephen Moffat, starting now. One of the most important things to remember about Stephen Moffat is that he is, in fact, corporeal. He is made of matter that exists within this particular level of the astral plane, which allows him to write really very cogently on Doctor Who or Sherlock or any other number of projects that he's worked on, because without it, he would just be a nebulous gas. And that, as everyone knows, is a very difficult state to be in when thinking about composing. <gasps> I was just about to whistle with one second oh, to go. We have absolutely had... not. <laughs> I think Abby. Abby. I Abby believe was Abby first. was first. Yes, that is true. Abby, 
What is your challenge? Hesitation. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, I don't mind saying there are some angry looks being cast across the table. Just remember who bought you that beluga. (laughs) I will concede that point. (laughs) Do have a game. Bribery does work. Uh, and also, I do believe I ruled in, f- in your favour, Nick, on a one-second challenge earlier on today. And thus, yes, Abby, one point for a correct challenge. And with one second to go on the subject of Stephen Moffat, please start now. The suffragettes never injured anyone. <laughs> <laughs> what have the suffragettes got to do with anything? <laughs> The Sherlock uh, uh, Victorian bride episode. That's that's very true. I'm sorry. I can definitely see how that was going places, and therefore <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give a a point for an incorrect challenge to Abby, and a point for speaking as the whistle blew. And so let me give you the situation as we conclude the game today. Miriam was in a very strong fifth place with four points and she gave us such excellent value. Thank you, Miriam. Abby was in fourth place, surging ahead at the end there with five points. Leon, I think, has nine points, possibly ten. I'm not really sure, but that's irrelevant. He's in a strong third place. (laughs) Are we in 15 each? I believe so. Oh, bonus rounds. And so, yes, as things stand, Nick and I are joint winners with 15 points each. Unless we go head-to-head in a final face-off. Yes, I believe those are the rules of just a moment. (laughs) And so, we return for one final round to settle the score twixt Nick Ulele and Drew Back When. No other players allowed to participate. Drew will be starting this round as a result of a rock-paper-scissors game. The subject... (laughs) What a coincidence, Drew. (laughs) Your subject for one minute is how good you look in a fez, starting now. Well, I think that I look splendid in a fez because my cranial shape, as has been commented upon previously in Who Back When, is quite marvellously spherical. And so the aforesaid fez fits quite snugly on the top of my pate. And also my hairline goes up underneath the front of the fez. And so the lines are very clear and straight. And I think Nick is watching the clock trying to figure out when to challenge so he doesn't have to talk for as long. He's not supposed to know how much time is left. With 27 seconds to go, Nick, you have challenged... Uh, deviation. What's, what's, what's my relationship with time got to do with how good you look in a fez? That's a very, oh, yeah. very astute observation, Nick. Well done. Rock solid well reasoning. Done. You get a point for a correct challenge. You have 20 seconds, 27 seconds to go. On I'm a fucking hair trigger here. <laughs> But that hair is hidden very nicely underneath your fez. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> nice seek. <laughs> 27 seconds left to go, Nick, starting now. On the chapter of shift, exactly how good Drew looks in a fez. We actually have to talk about his entire sartorial choices. <laughs> in fact, his fez very nicely complements the colour and hue of his shirt at the moment, uh, but is also contrasted. He did say, um... 
Did I? I challenge on hesitation. I will allow it. <laughs> Did I say that? Uh, Drew with 11 seconds to go. Starting now. I would like to take my fares out onto the street so that everyone may see how good I look in affairs. Because... Abby, you've challenged. <laughs> Deviation from the truth. <laughs> I think we've got to allow it. For, uh, Abby, for five seconds left. <laughs> and for 20 points. Yes, 20 points, Abs, if you can talk for five seconds on how good I look in affairs. Abby, for 20 points, for five seconds, please start now. On a related note, Drew also has a beret that he... Deviation, the topic is fez, not beret. She did say on a related note. Ooh, yeah. But is it related? It is. They're clearly. Give me They're a chance to relate it. That is true. I'm very sorry, Drew. That is very true. And also, they are both headgear. <laughs> oh, fine. Abby, with one second to go, you gain a point for an incorrect challenge from Drew there clutching his fez in <laughs> desperation. <laughs> One second to go, starting now. He's unauthorised. <laughs> Whether the purchase was unauthorised or not <laughs> doesn't relate to how good he looks in a fez. Whose side are you on? <laughs> Clearly I'm only him myself. <laughs> Although I can see him looking even better if adding that extra spice of knowing that he <laughs> stole the said fez I'm afraid you challenged after the whistle oh, blew, fair and enough. thus, Abby, speaking as the whistle blew, gained that extra 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Abby, you are our winner this week. <laughs> well, that was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> It only remains for me to say thank you to us five fine, humorous players of the game. Ponkin, Abigail, Miramu, Nikulele, and Drewback Wen. We thank all of you for being co-hosts and co-chair men and women and blowing the whistle with greater plomb, although we should probably get it disinfected now. We're deeply indebted to all at the BBC who probably haven't sued us, probably. So won't you please join us once again next time when we play Just a Whoback Winning Moment! Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?